Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you all out there. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Of course, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or uh, open Monday to Saturday. That's Ashley Fine Floors. All right. Um, Oilers Now Injury Report presented all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, of course, a former Edmonton Eskimo. He's going to be monitoring all the Elks transactions. Uh, actually, we're going to bring Brendan in right here, right now. Did the Elks sign another receiver, their third receiver of the day? Third receiver of the day. We knew this one was coming, too. Stephen Dunbar Jr. joins from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Thousand-yard receiver last year, and the Cats didn't have a great uh, quarterback situation, if memory serves, so... Uh, that'll be a decent addition for them, obviously. And now they've got Eugene Lewis plus him. Manny Arsenault is a nice veteran presence. And last year's breakout player in uh, in um, Dylan Mitchell. Okay, I'm glad you remembered because I would not. Uh, I had a brush uh, with uh, Eskimo lore of the past. We'll be talking about that about 135, 140 today as we take a little bit more at each of the uh, Edmonton Elks signings so far. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers did practice today. The Oilers injury report. Um, Connor Yamamoto on the ice, quite physical, and some compete drills of Brett Kulak. Uh, the order's not placing anybody on waivers today, not on the ice today, was Leon Dreisettle nor Vander Kane. However, we're told they'll both play tomorrow, according to order's head coach, Jay Woodcroft. Also, I want to mention, in April, we got a new West... Uh, travel trip coming up to Los Angeles and Anaheim. There's still a few more spots left on this trip. The Oilers play the King of the Ducks. Uh, by the way, the Oilers still have a couple more games left against the Kings. they got a good team. Uh, a couple more games against the Ducks. Uh, San Jose and uh, Anaheim Edmonton's got five games left against those two teams. They're the worst two teams in goal differential in the Pacific Division. they still got uh, two games left against Arizona, who have got the second worst goal differential in the Central Division. Uh, they've got a game left against Ottawa and Columbus. Uh, Columbus has beaten the Oilers in overtime this year. Those are the, I think, the worst two goal differential teams in, in their respective divisions. So, Oilers got to make some hay here when uh, they play some of these teams. But again, uh, 17 wins in their final 28 games gets them to 47 uh, victories victories on the year, which is all but lock it down a playoff spot in the West. Again, the trip uh, to Los Angeles includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott LA Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games, a welcome reception, which undoubtedly Mark Spector will be attending. Everybody loves it when Spector's up to these events. He's uh, one of our special guests for them. For the California Hockey Tour, reach out to newwesttravel.com. And speaking of Mark Spector... Kind enough to flip-flop with Frank Saravalli today. Frank for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Frank will join us tomorrow. He's flying back from the Super Bowl. Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations, an experience where it's sharing. Get started at AquarianRenovations.com. And Mark Spector joins us right now on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Spec, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Bobby. I'm kind of like the rest of the scribes. We all kind of walked out of the rink today with a big question mark over our head, trying to figure out uh, what's going on with the Oilers and their roster, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess you could say. Hey, just as an aside, 
What was the best part of the Super Bowl for you? You know I was disappointed in in that call deciding the game just because they hadn't called a hold the entire game. It struck me as odd because it took a possession and opportunity away from Philadelphia. What did you like? It was was a pretty good game, wasn't it, until then? Awesome game. When when Philly took the opening kickoff and all the way down and scored and then KC answered, it was like game on. It's going to be an offensive Super Bowl and, and there's lots of plays. You know, I don't, I mean, I know that to me it's a, it's low-hanging fruit to just blame a ref at the end of the game for making a call. I would ask what's Philly doing. I mean, KC scored two touchdowns on virtually the same play that, that you could have caught the ball and ran in. There wasn't a defender within 15 yards of the guy. Play calling was, uh, Philly was the first half team all season long. They were up by 10 at the half, uh, 28 times now. In the Super Bowl, the team's led by double digits. That's only the second time the team's lost the game. So the Eagles have got to accept some of the responsibility. I still hated the call. I stand by it. I hated the call in that situation. One part I didn't mention, Speck, how about the anthem from Chris Stapleton? That yeah. was an awesome anthem. I mean, and I'm I'm a little bit, you know, I mean, Tennessee Whiskey, I love that song. But that was an awesome anthem. I mean, he had players crying on the field with that anthem. That voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to Chicago, right? And you hear that anthem. And if you're not alive after being in Chicago for that anthem... You're not feeling it, man. And that anthem by Chris Stapleton, that one, it, it you know what? It had soul. It was beautiful. Yeah, that's one thing the Super Bowl lives up to. Like, it's America, man. It's bigger and better and louder. And they got the best anthem that you ever saw. And the halftime show just seems to get bigger and crazier every single year. And what usually happens is the game doesn't live up to, when we say the game doesn't live up to the hype, that's what we're talking about is the game is the third best part of the day. That was not the case this time. This time the game lived right up to it. Rihanna was awesome. That whole show with the platforms floating everywhere was really cool. Stapleton was great. And, you know, typically American, they walk out, call themselves world champions, even though there isn't a team in the league from outside the borders of the continental USA. (laughs) Yeah, no, no question about it. And Chicago... For your money, is Chicago or Montreal the better experience in-house? In-house. In-house, it's uh, it's Montreal as a Canadian, I would say. Me Put too. it this way. I mean, I, I have met, you know what? I haven't covered a Stanley Cup final or a very important playoff game in Montreal. Have I ever? I'm not sure I ever have, to be honest. Uh, I'm, not, I'm a Western guy. So I know when you're in Chicago and it's playoffs, there's not much better in the world than that. Uh, uh, but if a guy could get go cover a very important, loud, full-house playoff game in the spring in Montreal and be at that game, uh, I can't imagine it gets any better than that, Bobby. Yeah, no, that was good. And it, by the way, it's Jim Cornelson that is the alphamist yeah. in Chicago, does a great job, but I thought Chris Stapleton was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, Spec, we've danced around it. Let's get to it. What the hell's going on here? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, here's what. Here's my theory, though. I mean, you got to almost what do they call it? Reverse design these things, right? They got Yamamoto. He's ready to play. You watched him on the road, Bob, practicing. He I looks, watched him. Today. He looks. He's got a lot of jump. Yeah, I watched him today in battle drills, and he was going full out, like he is ready to play. So why aren't they playing him? Okay, well, how to in order to play him? 
they would have had to waive somebody today, and it was going to be yes, Puljujarvi. They needed someone that makes more than a million bucks. They need a guy. They need a guy that made more than one point nine, I believe. So why don't they want to waive Yessi Pugliarvi to get Yamamoto back, right? That's how I'm looking at this thing. What do you think, Bob? You know, well, I, I there... mean, I've already stated the obvious. If they've not made it, if they did not put a player on, it doesn't necessarily have to be Pugliarvi. I mean, you know what that tool is going to be? Come on. Like some people have suggested, what about Fogel? I'm saying, well, he's got three goals in four games, and he scored twice against Detroit the last time you played him. Uh, you can make an argument that, you know, hey, I mean, he's got a, a year left. In the, on the outside chance that a guy gets claimed, is it more likely it happens for a player whose term is up or got a year left, right? You can make that argument, but yeah. I would suggest to you the fact that they didn't make a move today is a sign that they're going to delay activating Yamamoto. That, to oh, me, is the obvious move. It's not a sign. It's a, it's a fact. Now, they can't do it by waving someone tomorrow on game day. The guy won't clear in time. Right. So the way... In terms of clearing the cap space for Kyler Yamamoto, the waiver wire can't get it done anymore. I believe you could put somebody on LTIR tomorrow yes. and get Yamamoto in tomorrow night, but they're not putting anyone on LTIR. Costin's fine, and the coach told us today Drysaddle and Kane is, are both going to play. He doesn't always tell us what's happening, but when he says a guy's going to play to this date, he's always played. Tells you something about Costin. He's a tough son of a uh, gun. Yeah, yeah. Looks There's some mad. other guys that would be out a week with that. Trust me. He yeah, he no, knows no. now's the chance. Now's right. He's. I like it. All right, Mark. Uh, we had your. We had Hart Levine on earlier. Uh, we I talked. We talked about Eric Carlson on Friday's show. Okay, we did. And you know, has the needle moved a bit? Because when the Oilers were in Los Angeles, I know I mentioned on the air at that time I'd heard uh, three number ones or. Um, you know, either future or past number ones and the Sharks would have to retain. It's amazing what's happened here with Carlson, right? A lot of people thought that was a unmovable contract in the offseason. And now there's people like, it, we're talking multiple assets. But if you're Mike Greer, you know, you got 17 teams in LTIR. Those teams are all money in, money out here at the deadline. Are you better off just waiting until the off season and making this a, a draft deal if you do indeed end up moving Eric Carlson? Yeah, it would be easier. Like you'd have a larger selection of suitors. Now, there's not that many teams that are dying to bring in a player making eleven and a half million dollars at age thirty-two. So Mike Greer's never going to be shopping from a you know a, a fully stocked set of shelves here. But, uh, I mean, sure, the financial picture of the National Hockey League tells us that, that uh, what you don't have in the summer is the knee-jerk and the desperation that you get around the trade deadline. Guys make trades around the deadline, Bobby, that they wouldn't make in the summer because the heat's down and the pressure's down. <laughs> so, yeah, he could do it in the summer more easily, but if he can pull it off the deadline, uh, why wouldn't you try? Sportsnet's Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations, an experience worth sharing. Get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. Bob Starf with you. Realistically, Mark, knowing the hurdles and the package that would likely have to be put together, give me a percentage on Eric Carlson getting moved to the Edmonton Oilers at the deadline. Oh, Five percent, uh, and that might be shooting high. Look, again, I kind of look at this differently, sort of historically. Uh, maybe they'll break the mold and do something that's never happened in the history of the National Hockey League. But Hart Levine just told you there has never been since the cap was installed in the league 
a player or a team that retained that much money, like $4 million for four years. It's yeah. never happened before. So if it did happen, and, and, and really to make this trade work, like remember this, folks, that – you know, and I'm sure most people are aware of this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If Ken Holland has to get to 11 million bucks going the other way, he's got to trade like four players, and he's bringing one in. Well, he's only got a roster of 22 guys right now. So if he loses three players and he's capped out with 19 guys, you can't go into the stretch run with a 19-man roster. He's already got a 21 or 22-man roster most nights. Yeah. So he can't, Ken Holland, he can't make a deal that San Jose doesn't retain at least $4 million bucks on. And again, I'll say it again, no GM in the history of the game has retained $4 million for four years, let alone a guy in your division ball. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine, you know, Haslop, I don't know where Fear the Finn, uh, Phil is right now, texting the show, but there's no, he's, I think he's out in Victoria these days, but... I can't imagine if the San Jose owner, you're telling me we got to eat four million for the next four years, but we can get you know the equivalents of three number ones. Really? Is that? Has anyone asked Eric Carlson if he wants to finish his career playing as for the Edmonton Orders? I, I, I don't know. Do we know that to be? I true? mean, it is interesting that some of this percolated over the course after the All Star break. What, was there a conversation there? They played McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Carlson together. I was Mark. I got to tell you, I was a little surprised watching the All Star game that they didn't break Connor and Leon up and have them play with other players. That right. I, that was that was a wee bit interesting. I, I know it's just an All Star game, but I, I if I was one of those other guys on Team Pacific, I'd want that opportunity to at least have a shift with McDavid out. Like, it was almost exclusive. Like, in the past, last year, the year before, they split him up. All right. There's another end to this, Mark, and that's where the Oilers' defense is at right now. Uh-huh. So, in the last 19 games, the team's 12-4-3. Uh, Broberg has played 17 of those games. I believe off the top of my head, he's plus 13 in those 17 games. He's played sheltered minutes. He's, ex- I- I'd say he's killed it. In, in when he's been in the lineup. He's yeah. been pretty good. DeHarnay hasn't been a minus in any of the 12 games that he's played. He's plus nine. He's playing 12 minutes a game. Broberg's playing 14 minutes a game uh, since uh, since Christmas. Uh, Bouchard has gone from a double digits minus to a minus four. Uh, still has some challenges, still frustrates the hell out of the fans. Um do the owners have more options on defense, and does it change the complexion of the need that they might have on the back end? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's totally, it's certainly changed in my head, Bob. Like a month ago, I was writing and saying that you know the the only hurdle the orders have is keeping the puck out of their net, and what needs to happen is someone's going to take a few minutes away from Nurse, and they need a, a hard defending penalty killing. You know, we talked about Gavrikov, we talked about Edmondson, right? Those guys. Uh, now the chemistry on that defense has changed a little bit. Broberg's taken a way bigger bite here. Uh, Darnay's shown up as a solid penalty killer. You know, uh, uh, Nurse isn't really getting less minutes, but Kulak's game has risen. He's playing pretty good hockey, Kulak. So, you know, now the question mark becomes, let's say you still think they need a defenseman. Well, what kind of defenseman? Maybe they don't need a big stay-at-home cycle buster that we thought they that I thought they needed. Maybe that we changed now. Maybe they their defending isn't so bad. 
you know, I know people are talking about Gostas Bear. I'm I'm not sure about that. He's a small defenseman that's pretty much 100% offensive. I'd rather uh, they just stick with the seven they have than bring Gostaberry. Yeah, myself. I agree. I, okay. I'm with you. A 165-pound you know defenseman that, that just goes north, that's not what you need heading into a long playoff run, in my opinion. The other thing that's happened here, Mark, with DeHernay coming up, is it's decreased the penalty minutes, uh, the penalty minute rolls for two different right shot defensemen for Bouchard and Barry. That changes the complexion of things a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he's taking some minutes away from those guys. Uh, CeCe's game has not been uh, that strong of late. Uh, but I think, you know, I'd say this, Bob. He's a veteran player. I trust that he'll find his game. I think CeCe's, I'm not worried about CeCe. You know, I've, we've seen him play very well in the playoffs, so I think he'll get back there. And I would love to see Darnell Nurse go from 24 minutes to 22 minutes, but until they bring in someone on the left side, uh, that's you know better than what they got. I, unless they give some, a little more time to Broberg, Bob. Does Broberg deserve another 90 seconds to two minutes per game here? Can he eat that up? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He might. I mean, he's up to 14 minutes since Christmas, right? Right. So why not? What about 17? Could he do that? I'm going to give you the exact numbers since Christmas because I've read. So since Christmas, the Oilers again have gone 12, 4, and 3. And they've had an easier schedule. Here are the numbers. Okay. Nurse uh, is playing 23 16. So he's basically playing the same amount he's played all season. He's got a goal of nine points and plus five in 19 games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bouchard has played 19 games. He's got six assists. He's plus eight over those 19 games. Kulak has got six assists. He's plus five. He's playing 18-14. Kulak's, uh, so Nurse is playing 23-16. Kulak's playing 18-14. They're both left shot D. Broberg, he's played 17 of the 19 games. He's got five assists. He's plus 13, Mark. Mm-hmm. And he's playing 14-19. Those are your three left shot D. Like, you got Nurse at plus five. He's in the top pairing. Kulak's in the second pairing at plus five. And Broberg's in your third pairing. Sheltered minutes, he's plus 13. And they're playing 23, 18, and 14 minutes. They're not playing right. too bad right now. Now, again, you'd say, what's the quality of competition that Edmonton's faced? That might be a fair argument. On the right side, here's where it gets interesting. CeCe doesn't have a point in the last 19 games. The Oilers, since December 27th, lead the NHL in goals for Somehow he doesn't have a point. Um, plus two, he's playing about 19 minutes a game on the right side. Remember, they've had four right D for the last 12 games. Plus two, and he plays the hardest minutes. Him and Nurse get the toughest minutes right. of anybody on the team. Right. So, All right. I'm not then, worried about here, uh, CC's points. That doesn't mean anything to me. Ty- Tyson, Berry, Tyson Berry has uh, three goals and eight points. Remember, he's on the power play. Five of his eight points are on the power play. He's playing 17.43 per game. Um, the order is 12, 4, and 3 during that stretch. He's minus 6. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
Bouchard, I gave you the numbers on Bouchard. He's playing 16-41 per game. And then DeHarnay's got four assists plus nine in 12 games. He's playing 12 minutes. That caught, that group of sevens done okay here. Well, it has, and it's weird because a group of seven, as anyone can figure out, you're changing your partner all the time. You know, that's a weird thing about a group of seven. Like, Darren A's take, he'll take three shifts in a row with three different guys. So, you know, you do ask, I ask the question, what if you settled Darren A in with a proper pair? What if you're 12 and 6 and you gave those guys some chemistry? Remember? Well, who'd you, uh, all right, so who'd you pull out? If you, who'd you pull out? Are you pulling out? I mean, you're not, if you're saying Darren, I had somebody suggest to me the other day, somebody that really knows the game. Stoth, Edmonton needs to do what St. Louis did when they paired Bomeister with Pareko. They took the hard-minute matchups away from uh, Alex Petrangelo. They gave him the second-line matchups, and Bomeister and Pareko were the shutdown pair. The Oilers need to play Nurse with DeHarnay in the future. And Nurse needs to commit and understand that he's a shutdown defenseman. He's not a power play quarterback. He's not a transport D-man. His job primarily is to shut down the opposition. Then you play CC with uh, Broberg. Okay. And, and then you put. And, and I guess, I mean, you go 12 you got, or 6. I know. So this is a problem. You got seven guys. Normally, the easy question is well, of course, Darney comes out. Darney's bringing something that, none, that almost none of these other guys have. Right? He's got that size, that length. He's killing penalties. He's bringing toughness. I'm not taking Darney out of my lineup right now. And you're an LTIR team. You need to capitalize on Bouchard's price point right now for this year. Yeah, sure you do. Absolutely. Right? So, you know what? I mean, I guess let's let you let things unfold. I'm knocking wood when I say it. Eventually, somebody gets hurt. Sure. That's just the nature of the beast. You got seven starting defensemen on this team right now. And at some point, someone's not going to be able to play. And it's not going to hurt you one bit. You know that? It's not going to hurt you one bit because he's going to come out, the other six guys are going to step in, and you're barely going to notice. So that's, you know, we always talk about teams making long playoff runs, picking guys up with a deadline because, you know, you know, you can't ever have enough defensemen, Bob. Well, the Oilers have seven starting defensemen at this point, and that is nothing but a positive, right? Mark, great stuff. We'll see you down on the rink tomorrow. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. All right, Bobby. 127 in Edmonton will tell you guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village for 50 years. Edmonton's destination for a celebration of the census. Don and his staff with locations in Sherwood Park, downtown Edmonton, West Edmonton Mall, and on the south side. Reserve today at jvedmonton.ca. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brennan Escott and myself will be back. We'll hear a clip from Keith Gretzky, a clip from Jay Woodcroft, and uh, we'll give you an update on CFL Free Agency. This is Orders Now.